Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. That's former Blues superstar defenseman Jamie Rivers. He's Alex Ferrario. I'm Brandon Kylie. Excited to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Our guy and Blues analyst Joey Vitale joining us here on the show. Joe, how you doing today, man? Okay, I'm doing great, buddy. It's good talking. How you doing today? It's good. We missed you last week, so there's a little bit of news to react to right now in the NHL. It feels like the league uh, has some stuff going on. What's the latest that you're hearing with the negotiations between the players and the owners, and where where is this going from here? Uh, you know, I think it's probably some early rumblings of what we kind of anticipated coming as far as, you know, a couple weeks ago. I remember hearing some, some discussions from some players about is it going to be worth for some of these owners to even play at all this year? And you got to kind of got thinking, like, wow, you kind of – you didn't think that would ever come to this. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, last – summer as they were negotiating a new CBA and getting a season back together and finishing the season, everyone was applauding the NHL. You know, they were kind of the, the spearheader of all sports about how they were getting this done, not only getting back to playing, but also negotiating a new extension for the CBA. So all, all of the applause and all the recognition was going to the NHL. What they didn't see coming, which I definitely didn't see coming was what if things aren't better by next season. You know what I mean? And so I think everyone was so in the moment of finishing this bubble and, oh, we'll give it a few months, this virus will go away, and we'll be ready to start an 82-game season in December. Well, here we are, guys, and the numbers are trending in the wrong direction, and owners are nervous about putting fans in the building. They're nervous about making money this year. So now we're kind of having to go back to the drawing table, and from what I can tell right now, everything that was negotiated in that CBA is now up for a new negotiation. So all those numbers that were promised for players and promised for owners, it's going to have to be negotiated again. And, and as, as I will talk about a little bit in our show tonight with Alex this week in hockey, shout out. Six to um, seven o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. Heard of it. Um, you know what? It's going to take some giving again. It's going to take some giving from both sides. They're going to have to look at the situation. It's no disrespect on the owner's part. It's no disrespect and selfishness on the player's part. This is just the world we're living in. So I think the numbers that they established in the summer are going to have to go back to the drawing table, and they're going to have to be uh, they're going to have to be adjusted moving forward. Joey, look, I I look at it from the direction of yes, we applauded them for getting a deal done, signing an extension, getting through the tough times that were last year, and what they had set up was a plan for this year and years to come in the future. As a player, I would have a really hard time going back to that negotiating table trying to give more and i always looked at it even like i went through two lockouts and it was awful 
But I always look at it to the point where can you imagine if the players at middle of a CBA things were going better for the NHL, revenues were thriving, and the players said, "Yeah, you know what? We'd like to go back to the table, and we'd like to get a little more on our side because you know things are good now, and you know we'd just like to get a little more of the pie that's out there." I just don't see how this comes off positive at the end of all of it. Somebody's going to look like the bad guy. You know, I think I think for players and owners to look at it that way is, is looking at it like this was a lockout situation, Jamie. But but this isn't in the sense that one side wants more out of the other. This is a situation where I think both sides at the end of this are probably going to lose a little bit. Yeah, the owners may win a little bit more if they negotiate the right escrow, for example. So maybe they get a little bit, but they're still losing. There's, everyone's still losing. There's really no winners at the moment right now. And I think the players are much more willing to give, knowing, give, give a little more, knowing that it's a worldwide pandemic that everyone in the entire world is dealing with versus, you know, this is just the owners being greedy. So I do think there'll be a little bit more, but you're right. I mean, a lot of players are going to have issues with this. This isn't going to be something that's going to be solved overnight. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I was with a player last week uh, that, for better or worse, the words he used were kind of along these lines. They're the boss and I'm the employer. And at the end of the day, there's only so much leverage you have, and there's way more leverage that they have. You know, I, I think it was George Carlin, uh, the old-time comedian. He made a great reference to the government. Uh, he talks about how people, we, we all think we have a say in the voting and, and the governors and the presidents. And, and, but at the end of the day, it's, he said, it's a big party, and guess what? You're not invited to it. And that's essentially, I think, what this comes down to. The players, the, the, the most educated, responsible players, at the end of the day, the owners, it, it's a big party. It's a big club. And guess what? You players, you're not in it. And, that, and that's just the fact. And that's just the reality, and it sucks. And that's why players like you have lost games in the lockout, and that's why players like me have lost games in the lockout, because we're not in the club. So the players can be upset all they want, but at the end of the day, their owners, players, they've got to come back together and they got to give more. They just have to give more, and it's not at the dispense of themselves. It's not because one side is being more greedy. It's just the reality that this is where we're at. is uncharted territory, and we've got to figure out a way to keep our head above water, for which I believe to be one more season before hopefully things are back to normal come next August. We're talking to Joey Vitale, Blues analyst for 101 ESPN here on Ribs and BK. Joe, the thing that bothers me if I'm a player is why is this just now coming up? Like we're, we're towards the end of November, and based on everything that I'm reading, and earlier today, Elliot Friedman had a great piece on this over on Sportsnet up in Canada. He said yesterday was not a good day. They need to have this done basically by the end of the month to be able to have that January 1st start date actually becoming realistic. Well, that's 10 days away. I mean, we're less than two weeks of negotiating available here. It's not like the pandemic just started getting worse again. They should have known here for a while now, hey, it ain't going to look good for having full fans in the stands next year. Why are the owners just now, at the end of November, presenting this to the players, in your opinion? Well, well, I think because for a long time here, we were hoping that we'd have fans in the building. You know, go back to September when the numbers started looking good. Go back to October right? When people started getting out more and, and the numbers were below 5% and kids are going back in school, we thought we were trending in the right direction. So I think a lot of owners were holding on to the fact that if things keep going the way they're going, we're going to be capped at this much come January for a game. I don't think they wanted to make an announcement because they kind of, everything is just so touch and go. Everything is not week to week. It's almost day to day 
based off of where these numbers are at. So I think the news coming out the way it is and how it's taken forever is simply because uh, hockey needs fans in the building, and we didn't know where we would be with that given the virus. We're very different than basketball in the sense that, you know, you can't compare basketball and hockey because basketball makes so much money off TV deals. Just get the players on the court, fire up the television sets, and they're going to be okay, right? They're going to keep their head above water. Hockey's a little different, you know, and, and I've made this analogy before, but you hop on a Southwest airline flight, if there's seven seats that are empty, Southwest is losing money on that flight. It's just the reality. Look at the gas, the insurance, paying the pilots, the stewards, the, everything. Lump it all together. They need every seat filled in order to make any kind of profit. You know, hockey is not, not maybe margins not that tight, but it's pretty close. It's very, very close. They need to be, I think, roughly, probably I would say between 70 to 75% at least for most of these teams to be making even just uh, ends meet at the end of the night. But, Joey, so, that wasn't you know, realistic even a, a month ago. And that that's what bothers me if I'm a player right now is I, I hear what you're saying. I totally get it, and you're right. That that is That is so for these owners. But even a month ago, 70 75% was just – that's not even happening in the NFL right now where they're at like 20% for most of these teams and they're outdoors, you know? Well, I mean, you could you could look at it pessimistically like that and say it wasn't a reality, but look what's happened in the last week and a half, BK. We've had two vaccination companies come out and say that the vaccine is 95% effective. Right. That's big news and that's only 10 days. So you can't tell me that another 10 days something drastic may happen. What if we have a, a rapid test that they figure out a way to make very re- readily that on January 1, they can disperse out. Well, that's big news because now you can get 18,000 people in a building because they can get a rapid test. So I, I understand where you're coming from, that, yeah, this is so far away, but maybe it isn't. You know, this, the news of the vaccines, the news of speed tests and rapid tests and, and how this whole thing is evolving, maybe, maybe it's not unrealistic to think that we still may see hockey come February 1. So I don't know. Again, it's uncharted territory. You can go either way on it. Uh, but um, it's um, it's something that's it's very difficult to kind of break down. You look at the timeline of it all. I'm very uh, optimistic, Joey, uh, with the vaccine and the rapid testing and all that. Again, this goes back to one of the core issues for me is let's say all of that comes true. And February, things are much better. But you've already renegotiated the deal in the owner's favor are the players allowed at that point to go back and say, hey, guys, look, uh, you're getting a lot more in the stands now. Revenues are better. Do you think we could revisit this deal? I know the answer. Sure. I mean, listen, it's, it's, it's not a perfect world, team. I, <laughs> I don't know how I, I don't know how to say it. You know what I mean? It's, it's not it's not a position that I would want to be in as a player. It's not a position I want to be in as an owner. Um, I think the owners personally, I think they're going to be banking on the fact that these guys have been sitting around for a long time and are going to want to do anything to get back on the ice. Am I wrong? Am I wrong when I say that? Are they, are they wrong to think that? I mean, I think they have the leverage in the sense that yeah. uh, not only, yeah, you got me. Yeah, for sure. They, they, I think you're right. Okay. Sorry. I thought someone, sorry, I thought maybe it was Scott or Alex, some of Joe, but yeah, so that's, um, that's, that's essentially, um, I don't know. I forget where I was going there. Anyway, we're good. <laughs> Joe, thanks for the time, man. Always enjoy having you on. Uh, we look forward to talking with you again next week, and we'll be listening tonight this week in hockey from 6 to 7 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. This was great, guys. Very productive. You guys have a good day. Absolutely. Same to you. That is-